Hey everybody, welcome to The Building Code. My name is Brandon Patterson. I'm with the Iowa Skilled Trades. I'm here with Joe Christensen of Cardinal Crest Homes. We're here this week as part of the Building Code Takeover Series. Really excited to be here on week three. Joe will also be speaking at the Building Better Summit next week. This first ever summit presented by Builder Trend will feature the latest trends, showcase industry insights, and give you tools for bettering your business. So hey, Joe, how's it going? Getting excited for the summit? For sure. I'm definitely excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking at, uh, at the summit with some really uh, heavy hitters, and uh, it should be an awesome time. Um, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a great event. Today, we're going to talk about talent, your team. It can be a challenge to find skilled workers these days. I know that for sure. So what goes into finding top talent, and how do you keep them? Let's, get, let's go ahead and dive into that. You know, that, that is a really good question. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to share some of my insight and some of the hard lessons I've learned this year specifically. Um, well, not just this year. So, you know, like this is part of the contractor plague. We all start as like this handy guy, remodel guy, whatever you want to be in the trade sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm more of a GC now. And we work ourselves you know, up through the, the different pathways and somehow we find ourselves with being a boss <laughs> the first time sometimes. And then uh, eventually you have to start hiring people. And uh, it's, I, it's a challenge because usually you do this once, it's like being a dad, right? You don't like prepare to be a dad. All of a sudden you become a dad and it's a you know, fire hose to the mouth. And I feel like so for me at least hiring from the team that we started with just my business partner and I to now, you know, 12 plus people, there is some ups and downs and a lot to learn about what it's, how to hire, how to recruit, all those different things. And, you know, uh, I know with, with your background, with the, with the trades and, and what you've been doing to, to promote that, um, I mean, that's a whole nother level that I've, I'm not even involved in, but recruiting is, is difficult. And the one thing I've noticed is that, um, well, it actually is an ongoing process. And I'm sure you see that too. I mean, I, I, how have you seen it with, you know, I guess it's, it's something that you can't start and stop. That's what I've noticed that it can't just be, Hey, I need to hire. I do need to hire. I have two people I need to hire today. And I, I'm regretting not actually doing that six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with that hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that because I think I haven't really thought about it like that before, but that's definitely, you, you can't stop recruiting. You have to keep that funnel open at all times. And I think as an industry, maybe we're not so great at always keeping it open. We kind of go in spurts of like, hey, we need people now open. Then you close it off and then you need it again. But like you said, it's too late. So right. always recruiting makes more sense, even if it's just doing things like job shadows or school to work programs or something like that, where maybe they're high schoolers, they're not necessarily ready for the workforce yet, but you're still building that pipeline, even if it's not like a hundred percent, somebody who's going to come on board, you know, next week type of thing. Well, you know, I was, it's funny that you just said that too, uh, with job shadowing. I was just uh, talking to a, a young man last night and he's done a little bit of college He's going to go back and he's thinking about a construction management degree. And uh, I said, well, I have an internship. I can totally bring you on board. 
And uh, he was really like overthinking it. And I'm like, listen, like it's, we're not hiring for CEO position. We don't need to have six interviews. Like you can just come on board and job shadow. And I could sense the reluctancy of it. And I started to think, and you made me think right now, like there's sometimes I didn't job shadow at all in high school at all. And I graduated in 2001 and I, there wasn't, I, I, that was, that seemed scary. And I could tell with this young man, like he was scared about it. He was like, well, I don't know my schedule. Like, Hey, Hey, it's just a quick lunch. We tour some sites. We talk about it. It's not a big deal. And it was interesting to me to think that, that how big of a deal it was for him to like uh, do this internship or maybe even job shadow. And I was like, you know, uh, this is how you kind of learn uh, now that I've seen it, you know, from both sides, just get on board and go to lunch with me a couple of times and see if you like it or not. But it seems kind of that, that uh, there's kind of a disconnect on like getting into the field sometimes. And I'm sure you've seen that a lot with, with younger people of just like, it's not that big of a deal to just to, to job shadow or to uh, jump on a site and see what it's all about. So kind of going on top of that topic too, since, you know, you do have these students and, and, and people that just don't know what's involved in our industry, you know, there's so many positions and so many kind of like skills that people can have and pathways that people can take in this industry. You know, what do you think is kind of like what some of those must have skills when you're entering the workforce? And then also, what can we do to kind of like make people understand that you're not always just a plumber? You know, you're not always in a hole. You're not always under a sink. There's different pathways within the plumbing industries and if the plumbing industry itself that you can be in. And, you know, you're still in the trades, but you might not just be the, you know, maybe the guy who's or the gal that's doing like the self-performing the work. There's other things like CFO, COO, CMO. Like there's all these different things that are actually involved in our industry. Totally. So let me give you a rundown of my business real quick. <laughs> Daffing that I have. And. I probably will fumble over my own words. I should have brought like an organizational chart. Not that I'm that big, but I just, uh, anyway. So, you know, when I started with a business partner, we, I remember doing half the trim work in the first couple of homes. We did the finish electrical. We did that stuff. And at the time it was awesome. We loved it. It was, you know, music was blaring. We just were happy to be doing business like every first entrepreneur. And to now where I find myself now, I'm over business development, um, sales or client acquisition and uh, kicking off some of our, our commercial side of, of construction. But with that, so now we have, um, we have a pre-construction team and they handle all the drafting. I have a draftsman I have an uh, that does a drafting and est estimating. I have a, my business partner oversees the whole pre-construction selections and estimating side. We have an interior designer and beyond that, we have a finance manager. We have an office manager. Uh, we have a production manager. We have a project manager who's over the rough end of homes. We have a project manager over the finish of homes. So I could kind of keep on going. But what it is, is, I mean, the, the finance manager, he gets to see construction all the time. He gets to see what's going on. He knows the lingo. But I mean, luckily, this guy could actually hang a door. He's pretty skilled, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't even do that. He likes construction, but he wasn't even introduced into the field until we hired him. And it's interesting now because he is just a finance. He, he does, he handles all the finances, but um, and the same with interior designer. She loves the field. She loves the work, 
she is over design and, and loves the design part of it. And it's so interesting that just like when you're building any project or home, there's like, you know, 60 different trades and hundreds of different materials and, and suppliers that make this, this orchestrated event happen. On my side as a GC, the same thing is happening, but in the office and in the field, and it's got different compartments and different things of an orchestrated event of different people's skills that are focused to make it happen. Um, and yeah, I, I think to, to kind of give you a short answer to my already long answer, a little bit. <laughs> uh, a big thing I look for right now, self-starter, decision maker, and um, culturally fits. Like, I don't really care. Like, if you've got a resume that says you're skilled and you can do, you, you've got some experience, great. But if you're a self-starter, you can make decisions and you're going to fit culturally, boom. I'm like, because people can have a huge resume and they could really fall flat on that cultural thing, decision-making thing. And so uh, I look for those three things huge when I'm hiring. So you mentioned culture. So what, what makes a good company culture? It seems to be one of those kind of words that's come back up in the conversation lately. And, you know, maybe even uh, especially over the last year and stuff with everything that's happened. Um, we don't need to name what's happened. We all know what it is, but uh, you know, culture was might've been one thing in 2019, early 2020, but I think it's really going to change with kind of like this virtual thing, like we're doing now. Um, you know, what makes a good company culture? Where do you see it going in the future? That's a great question. And I first would probably say, man, look at, you know, last I, IBS, it actually happened. Builder trends, like, you know, their bus is like hopping. I would have to have them <laughs> chime in. You know, they're like party every second. I want to be part of them. What am I doing? <laughs> um, no, but I think, so to give you a little story, two years ago, uh, company culture became a huge thing with Cardinal Crest and it didn't happen overnight. And we didn't even notice it until we actually let somebody go. Um, there became a divide between the pre-construction and the production team. And the divide became so big that there was like some massive bitterness where we had a couple jobs come up and things were just not done because uh, there was some, some uh, bickering of, of sense or blaming of sense. Uh, and it wasn't intentional. That was the thing that I noticed. Uh, items that were just like, you know what? I don't have the detail for that. And that's not fully vetted out. So the production team's not going to do it. And a lot of it became that they just became so busy that they weren't, that it was like, well, this, you know, the pre-construction team or it should have figured this out. And I didn't, we didn't really see this. And it, it kind of seeped in slowly, like all of a sudden that we were like, people aren't happy right now. And uh, it, it, it was kind of the COVID started happening as well, right? And that didn't help. I'm sorry, I said it, Brendan, I'm sorry, I did it. <laughs> um, but we, we actually started hiring, we started, a, uh, we hired another person. And at this point it was a production manager and he um, was a, just a, a positive, like, just like one of these guys that are super extrovert and just super positive love. Like he's got a ton of one-liners. Like, I feel like that's his, like, 
like his mission in life. He's just got, I, I can't even tell you. He's got so many good one-liners. I feel like I'm saying them all the time now. And he like, all of a sudden, when he came on within the first month or two, I was like, we have had a cultural issue in our, we've had this um, bitterness and this growing, this uh, systems pr problem and not talking to each other enough and, and being positive that uh, we had this, um, just this divide. And that's when it really hit me. Like in this, it was about a year and a half ago. I was like, well, we need some cultural standards. We need to start like mixing in with each other a little bit more. We need to have a little bit month to month. Hey, let's go, let's go ski shooting. Let's go see a Royals game. Chiefs game. Well, we need to do that too, but COVID didn't. <laughs> but so we, we, uh, we started mixing a little bit more beyond just the work and I, it's been black and white and I haven't figured out the cultural you know, key or cultural, uh, um, you know, had, had to really crack that code. But I have noticed that uh, it's easy to get a bad culture. It really is. And it's really hard to produce a really good one. Not hard, but it takes effort. It's just like recruiting. It takes constant effort. And as, a, as an owner of a company, um, you can't just uh, think it, it creates itself. No, I think I, I agree with that too. It is easy to create a bad culture. And I think when we look at some of the issues that we've had within our workforce and things like that, and a lot of the stigmas that we have, especially maybe on the diversity side and bringing like women into construction, it's because we've allowed some of this bad culture to exist. And maybe it's just one person that's messing everything up. But that one person is maybe like a, you know, a project manager where he's out in the field and he's on different job sites and he's spreading some of that stuff. Um, and I, I agree, it's, it's, it's easy to have a bad one. So uh, it's, I'm glad to hear that you're working on it and it's, uh, that you're working on these team building things. So that sounds like you go to these games, you go out and, you know, you're probably doing some axe throwing. I can tell you're probably like a double axe guy. The same <laughs> thing. Uh, but uh, so do you do a lot of that stuff because you had that divide? Do you do these things? Did you have some of that? I don't know if you want to call it animosity and stuff too. And with the in the field people versus the in the office people, it always seems like they're two different worlds sometimes. Like how do you bring them all together? and How do you create those relationships? Right. Like, you know, the quote a little bit of uh, Gary Vee, he calls it like clouds and dirt. He, he says this, this a lot. And I think it's very much like that with pre-construction versus production you know in the pre-construction we're all you know just ideals and like dreams and making you know planning it and making you know the scope but the production guys is where the rubber meets the road and so there can be a, a little bit of like you know the 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 pre-construction guys or interior designers and architects they're in dreamland and the production guys are like oh yeah that's not possible what you just dreamed up and you know i don't have that detail and uh, yeah, it, it can it can create some some uh, like you said animosity. And I think the big thing uh, there's a book that I read about culture that they they define it as collisions. And if you can create more collisions in in interworking in groups like a pre-construction to the production, have them collide with each other more. That and, and that's within some type of like lunches, activities meetings the more they're knowing each other the more they're understanding their two realms the better it is and, and you know what's interesting is you you sparked my my thought on this 
is this same cultural problem. I've seen it happen even on the trade side. And uh, we noticed it this a couple of years before this. And, it, you know, as a business owner, you often get like after it's all done, you get these epiphanies. Of course, you don't see it where it's happening because you're just in the trenches. But I had the same thing happen with uh, a trade. I, I won't name the specific trade, but they, I could tell the owner was always on board. I'd call him and be like, hey, man, we're having some issues with some guys. And specifically, uh, you know, we're still kind of working through some of these is I'll just tell you it's tool belts. Okay, I'm just gonna have to say it. I'll talk to him later if he listens to this. It was Finnish electricians with tool belts. And Finnish electricians, we are doing some really nice homes that have some really great cabinetry, details, appliances. Finnish electricians love to wear their tool belts still. Well, what happens is they get on top of a, a kitchen island or, or right by it, and they're just doing like a little bit of a you know a shimmy around the island, and they're just dinging it up here and there, a little bit here and there. And we noticed there, there was like a divide between even in their company to the way they worked with us, that the owner was on board, but the, the on-site guys felt like we were just like harping on them all the time, or maybe their owner was harping on them and we weren't communicating directly with the guys in the field. Like they felt like, gosh, Cardinal Crest, just, they just on top of us about this. They were, we let us wear tool belts. I mean, they're not letting us do our job. And until we stepped back and said, you know what? It's, it's not about the guys in the office with this electrician. It's about the guys in the field. We need to start communicating and really become friends with them so that when they get to our jobs, they're like, yes, I'm doing a Cardinal Crest home. And yeah, it's on. This is going to be fun. They don't like us to wear tool belts, but they're cool guys. The job site's ready. We might get a gift card. We might get free lunch if we do a good job. Let's do it. And I really realized too, like culturally, it's not just internally what's going on with Cardinal Crest. But the trade side, I want trades to come to my job site and be pumped. The last thing I want is them to be like, ugh, freaking every Cardinal Crest home is the site's a disaster, schedule's a disaster. These guys change their mind a thousand times. And so it, it, that's another hard, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a hard divide and we've been trying to conquer it because that's not your company, right? You have less control over that. Yeah, and I definitely like the the word the the collisions piece because that I feel like that is how we've gotten better at what we do as Iowa skilled trades is like you know people are like well how do you have all these relationships and how do you do what you do well it's through you know going out and actually actively doing things with the Department of Education or with the skilled trades businesses and things like that or with these different unions and things like that where before we didn't have those relationships so we weren't having those interactions. Now we have those interactions often and frequently, and it's built those relationships. So you're the boss. Tell me what it means as far as, you know, what's your day-to-day -day look like? And, you know, what kind of weight does that carry to be the boss of Cardinal Crest? I, we often joke I'm a co-boss. <laughs> <laughs> and there's other, there's other co-bosses below the co-boss. <laughs> it's like the mafia. Yeah, it kind of is set up like that. Um, well, so my day to day, uh, I, I have a couple days that I reserve specifically. I like to just start with this because it's the fun things. Friday is my is my site visit day, and that's at least every Friday I get to visit a, a, a bunch of the sites, get a pulse on things. Um, 
talk to the production team and really see what's again that clouds versus dirt what's really going on um on on a monday and i'll backtrack on a monday we have a couple um coordination meetings between the different groups that that i'm in uh, to kind of catch a pulse on the 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 schedules um finances and different things and then we have like what we call is a little bit of a department head meeting where we're getting together and seeing what's going on and really part of these meetings on monday that we try to make them brief we don't want to have a meeting just to have a meeting but we're trying to create like you just said those collisions between the, the the different people and say okay what what's working and what's not and sometimes we have an agenda those meetings but sometimes it I think an important thing is uh, when you're having any kind of meeting that you let like the organic uh, conversations happen. And if somebody like says a, a concern and they're passionate about something, you let them give them room to speak and not worry about your agenda and schedule at that moment. That, that's a perfect meeting in my eyes. When you it, like someone feels vulnerable enough to bring something up that's really important to them and you don't steamroll it uh, with an agenda or a time and say, okay, that's great, but we didn't touch on yada, yada, yada and the schedule and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, 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 you know, I won't say I'm perfect at that. I, that's learned from lessons of, of not doing that. Um, but then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, are involved with, uh, yeah, as far as client acquisition on the homes and, 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 and commercial side, I'm meeting with uh, potential clients and developers and, and talking about different jobs and, and working um, uh, in, in different phases of that pre-construction. Uh, what it means to be a boss, it is an ever-growing, changing thing. <laughs> what does it mean? I'm going to relate back. What does it mean to be a dad sometimes? <laughs> Say that, but like you, you have to be like, again, like for me, like this is my first company and it just organically grew to what it is now. And so did I expect to have 12 plus people and, 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 and be hiring more? Not, I mean, I did and I didn't. And like, here's a good story. What does it mean to be a boss five, six years ago? This was when I was a new, the Cardinal Crest has been around for 10 years, actually uh, last month for their 10 year anniversary. So bah, 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 happy great. anniversary. <laughs> Um, so like five or six years ago, there was a new hire. He was young and, uh, we were training him to be a superintendent, not a ton of, uh, experience, but we were training him to be a superintendent nonetheless. And at that time we didn't really have a good training onboarding, um, kind of, uh, like program as a little company and most little companies don't right. Onboarding is like, okay, here's this. And we use builder trend and uh, we got a vehicle for you and do you have tools? Okay. Use those until we figure something out. And then uh, there's a job site. Go, go ahead, go. <laughs> and there was this item. I won't get into it because this is like a, a low point. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting long winded here, but low point in Joe's uh, career. Uh, there's an item that he kept forgetting and the developer was on me about this item. It was a sidewalk repair and it had pavers, this really nice sidewalk that had all these things and we tore it up and it just, they were on me. And so I kept being on him. I wrote post-it notes. I said, hey, we've got to get this fixed. Jobs kept going, didn't get fixed, didn't get fixed. And finally it came to a breaking point for me. And I was like, man, he, I mentioned to him. He said, no, I still haven't done it. In the office, in front of everybody, I was like, man, you suck at this. And I said it out loud. 
And like, as soon as I said it, it was like that, no, like it, it, momentum was already coming out. And I was like, and he saw in my face and I saw he just, this, this guy just crumbled and he was younger than me. He just crumbled. And I was like, oh gosh, dang it. I'm going to pay for that so bad. Sure enough, he made me pay for it. And he made me feel like in a great way, like garbage. I felt, and that was later that day, he took me aside and was like, man, like, that was so inappropriate in front of everybody. And he was so, he was so professional about it. And I was like, you're, you're dead, right? You're dead, right? I, this is my first time being a boss. I don't know what it's like when I say that out loud with six other people listening, what that means. And right then and there, I was like, gosh, I gotta watch what I say. I gotta like treat, I gotta have, you know, I gotta have one-on-ones. I gotta have, you know, more collisions like we say with these people. And I can't, I can't, be like you know you can't be so harsh or you can't be just a loose cannon on those things and I crushed him that day he was it took a little bit I could it took weeks to kind of get that rapport back and I that was a moment like a pinnacle moment of being a boss realizing what I say is really it it carries weight and and you don't you don't discover that it's like you don't discover that like with your first hire like all of a sudden yeah I've got a I, I used to have like a little you know, BB gun. Now I have a, you know, 20, I, you know, I have a, I have a 12 gauge now when I say things. And so it, it is a hard lesson and I'm still learning those. No, it's good to hear those stories though, of how you come up. And one thing that's not really on here, but I think it's important to like cultures and teams and systems and stuff. So do you operate, like, do you have an EOS or anything that you run there at your office for, um, you know, obviously you have builder trend as one system. What other systems and things do you have in place to keep kind of everybody on the same page and keep your business running efficiently? That is a great question. And so, no, I don't have that, <laughs> but, but you called me out and I know I need one. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we use builder trend a ton um, and we use a lot of different, we use every single tab on that thing. I think we're, we're part of the annoying ones who are like always on their message board. Like, could you add this? Can you add this? Like, this doesn't work very well. Can you do this? <laughs> um, uh, as far as other things, I mean, we, we used a lot of, uh, between builder trend, uh, different Google docs and Google sheets, but no, like HR things we're, we're lacking in that. And like, we always joke like, Oh, we're going to tell HR on that. Oh, like, talk to the HR guy. And uh, usually it's the guy that, you know, says inappropriate things and has a foul mouth. We say, Hey, that's the HR department. Talk to him. Um, uh, you know, we, we don't, and, uh, I, I'm discovering more and more of, you know, why you need those things and why there is, I mean, uh, a, a need for those different systems, but as far as no. Awesome. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything we're going to talk about today. I hope everybody kind of enjoyed what we talked about, a little bit about workforce, a little bit about, you know, talent and recruitment and systems and employees and creating relationships. Um, before we go, Joe, do you want to talk a little bit more about the Building Better Summit? Yeah. So it's going to be the Building Better Summit is on April 27th. Um, I will be speaking with five other industry experts and we all have like an in-depth session. Um, and then there will be a live panel after that. Um, we all have different types of topics. I know there's some, uh, you know, there's topics about, you know, different company management, 
uh, even site uh, management, some different, uh, I know Matt Rissinger's on there, uh, Brad from AFT, they all have their, their different kind of expertise and different things they want to focus on. Um, I've got uh, my own, uh, which is going to be more, actually talk, talked a little bit about systems, but mine is a little specifically on uh, uh, systemizing some of that and creating that, uh, that cohesiveness between uh, sales, pre-construction production um, and uh, painstakingly learn some lessons on that. So uh, uh, yeah, we're super excited. Uh, you can go to buildertrend.com slash summit 2021 to learn more and sign up. Um, it's pretty easy and uh, I'm, I'm stoked about it. Well, sounds great. I, this looks like it's going to be an awesome lineup and I know some of those guys personally and they teach me things every time that I pay attention to what they're doing. So well, that's a wrap on this episode of The Building Code. Don't miss next week's takeover with Builder Trend CEO Dan Houghton and Frank Blake from the Home Depot. I think he needs to hook me up with some Milwaukee tools. Amen. Let's do it. See you later. Thanks, everybody.